A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hup, Buddy Dawson, pow, pow, I am Sam Nicky Delaney, so what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey. We are this week looking at the 23rd of October 1982 issue of Roy of the Rovers. Focusing mostly on the Roy of the Rovers story, but there's always a couple of other things in there as well of note that we can look at. Um, which we'll get around to a bit later on. Uh, we'll start off with the, the Melchester story, though. And it looks like it's another action-packed instalment, Sam, which is what we like. Uh, lots of on-the-field drama. And at the top of the page, it says, Following a heavy defeat in the opening match of the season, Roy Race refused to plunge into the transfer market and fielded a new-look side for Melchester Rovers' visit. To Carford City. into the transfer Plunge. market. That's a good one, isn't it? That's good tabloid crap, yeah, that, isn't proper, it? Plunge proper into tabloid the tra- Open the purse strings. Yeah. He's been that. given Plunge up. What's he, he, what did I say? He's been handed a £30 million transfer kitty. Kitty. Yeah. Um, war but, chest. Oof. A £30 million war chest. <laughs> yeah. uh, hello. Yeah, it's Peter Risdale here. Is that David? David O'Leary? Yeah, listen, I've got a war chest here. It's, yeah, it's in my garage. If you come over to mine, you can pick it up. But you're going to need something like a truck or something like that. Yeah, full of cash. Bed. Yeah. Mostly coins. I want you to buy Danny Mills, whoever. It's up to you. Robbie Keane, the lot. Seth Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Dominic Matteo, anybody. Anybody young who you reckon's half decent, get him in. Fucking get them. There's a war chest here. It's not going to spend itself. And would it be, would be okay if I was to refer to them all as my babies? Call them that. what you fucking what? want. I don't care. <laughs> Just get them in. Spend the fucking war chest. This is all a tax write-off for me. It sounds weird, but I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, babies, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, refused to plunge into the transfer market and fielded a new look side, new looking inverted commas weirdly, <laughs> for Melchester Rovers visit to Carford City with veteran goalkeeper Tubby Morton providing much needed solidity in defence. Now we've not heard of, Tub- of anything of Tubby Morton for yes. 18 months at least since we started mm. doing this but then all of a sudden he's come back because Charlie Carter's obviously the number one goalkeeper Yeah but he's Charlie Carter, right at the beginning of the 80s Odyssey 
was injured and they had to bring in a really young Callow Walter, lad. Walter Williams, yeah. They didn't turn Walter to Tubby Williams. Morton then. There was no mention of Tubby Morton at all. We Not didn't all. even know that was an option. So, fuck knows I mean, where he's as, been. As, Maybe he's been to fat camp for a year. Well, clearly hasn't, has he? When you see the bottom of this fucking page that we're looking at, Jesus Christ. You know, at, when I was at Heat, I this is really awful. But then again, most of the things that I was engaged in on a journalistic level in it at, during my time at Heat were not yeah. not great. But one of the things we did was we would we paid for um someone and I won't I won't name her because it's unfair. But it was a at the time very famous um, reality TV alumni, right. and um, she'd put on a few pounds. So sometimes the agents would call up and go, "If you pay." For her to go to fat camp, Fucking you get hell. the exclusive, right? So the idea is, is that you get a before and after shot. Before and after shots were wildly popular with the readers. Mm. If you had a really good before and after shot on the cover, it could make the difference of like a hundred thousand sales that week. You you get lots of those adverts when you're online and you're looking at online news or something. At the bottom, it'll yeah. say, "You won't believe what Kirsty Alley looks like now." Exactly. But exactly. you don't see it till you click through. And then you do click through, and it's like a gallery of 15 other celebrities that look slightly yeah, different. Never click through. That's the lesson. That's Well, yeah. Learn that the hard right. way. But, but the, um, yeah, we used to do it, and people loved it. And so, but you had to contrive it most of the time. Not contrive it as such, but you had to be sort of part of the process that made them go from before to after. Mm. Yeah. I even heard but I didn't do this, it wasn't on my watch, but I even heard of a magazine that actually did it the other way round and paid a celebrity to actively put on weight. Oh, like Robert De Niro in, uh, in Richard Yeah, but that was, that was legit because that was for an acting role. This was just for some sort of tawdry <laughs> magazine it's sales It's about levels scan. of legitness though, isn't it? That, that's legit in a way. They go, put on some weight and then we'll be able to take a picture going, look how fat this celebrity mm-hmm. got and then after that we'll pay you again to, to lose it camp. so we get three fucking folders well this but is this- what I was going to ask you this is what I was going to ask you a minute ago I was going to say when this celebrity who had put on a bit of weight wanted to go to fat camp was that done do you think in order to trigger the fat camp feature was uh, a cynical possibly ploy? yeah she might have put weight on on purpose because some of the agents and publicists that worked around these people knew the game so well yeah and although this sounds quite mean and cynical I do have to say in defence of like that industry is that the celebrities themselves were the amount of stories that came to us that were brought to us by the celebrities themselves or someone very close yeah. to them even if the stories were quite negative because amongst a certain type of celebrity they were just so hell-bent on appearing constantly in the public eye, mm. irrespective of what the reasons were, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if a publicist said to them, listen, one thing you can do is you could put on loads of weight and then we could call a magazine and get that yeah. magazine to do a photo exactly. shoot with you in which you pour your heart out about how sad you are about putting on weight. And then exactly. the magazine will pay you to go to fat camp and pay us a fee on top of that for the subsequent mm-hmm. photo shoot. And I go, yeah, it's easy. I've put on weight, no problem. Better than working, and, um, isn't it? Anyway, this particular person, I'd not heard of this, and it was like, it's a bit like in Yes Minister or Yes Prime Minister where you're surrounded by sort of mandarins and bureaucrats who start revealing to you the the dark arts of how things are done. 
Yeah. And when I first arrived, my when my feet were just under the table, people start saying to you, right, for this week's cover, we're going to do this. And I'm like, what? How can you do that? What if she hasn't put on the weight? And they're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, Sam, 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 Sam. Poor, sweet, naive little Sam. Don't you understand? We're paying her to put on the weight and then we're paying her to lose it again. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. That's how the um, merry-go-round works. Yeah, I just thought we could do an interview with Jedward. No, you stupid <laughs> bastard. That's not how this works. We're running a multi-million pound company here. This isn't one of your daft playthings. It's not a fucking fanzine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So they, uh, so we did that. But the, the point of the story is, do you know what she did? We paid her to go and it was loads of money. It was like a real high class one. It cost about 10 grand. Fucking and hell. I keep going, what's, uh, what's going on? How's she getting on? Check in with the sort of features editor, whoever it was I'd got yeah. to commission it. And they keep fobbing me off going, yeah, I think it's going all right. It's quite hard to make contact with them because it's really like a rehab place where you don't, you can't have much contact yeah. with the outside world. In the end, I find out she's sucking day two. She's got the amp and done a bunk over the wall. No lie. She did ah. a bunk over the wall, right? Because <laughs> they've got them locked in there like rehab. And she's like, fuck this, right? She's climbed over the wall, done a runner, the last she was seen was a like a pub about a mile up the road because she's ex- she's escaped in the evening and just fucking hiked until she's finally come across some pub. It was in the countryside. Gone in there, um, <laughs> had a few fucking drinks, got to know the locals and had a big fucking meal, like a burger and chips or something. Yeah. Then ordered a cab and disappeared. No one had seen her since. And I'm like Fuck raging. Yeah. Going, what about my fucking 10 grand? <laughs> <laughs> Never I mean, saw you'd that think again. fat camps, they'd have special walls to stop fat people from getting out, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, they'd she did well. That, that she wasn't in the best. She wasn't in a, the best shape, but somehow, I don't know whether she got she tied sheets together or yeah. got access Tramp- to some sort of trampoline and jumped trampoline, it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's a trampoline lying around in the grounds. They it's might have had a trampoline in the gym because of fitness. Yeah. So she's <laughs> like, I'll, have, I'll fucking nick that trampoline <laughs> and get over the wall tonight. Apparently there's a pub half a mile up the road. I'll be eating a fucking burger before EastEnders is over. I can drag that trampoline at the garden, no problem, because I'm nice and strong from being fat. <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. Lots of people think it's muscle that gives you strength. Fat can too, believe me. <laughs> Any kind of weight whatsoever makes you look strong. Look at Jeff Capes. Look at Jeff Capes. Not that defined. Mostly fat. Strongest cunt in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah where are we Tubby Morton that's where we got into that wasn't it Tubby mm. Morton providing some much needed solidity in defence the Rovers got off to a sensational start and they have it's 2-0 Royce just scored uh, the fans are shouting 2-0 2-0 good old Roy great goal cop that Carford cop that <laughs> the magic is back in Melchester uh, yeah, and this, they're, they're all there's banners and everything. They're all hooded up. Most of them just say Rovers, but then there's a oh, and racy, and then there's a big one in the middle which says Rovers rule. Fucking <laughs> cunts. Um, but um, it says Roy wasn't so sure. Um, and Roy's having a bit of a think. As, a bit of a think about I'll this. Think, uh, I'll do some thinking. Close up. I want to see what I'm thinking. 
he says the ball has been running for us for, so far, but the loss of three of our top players has got to have an effect. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! Be positive. You're two nil. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Um, and says, sure enough, moments later, uh, chase back, Glenn. Move. <laughs> Take their number five. And this is Glenn. I forgot his fucking second name, but he's the new signing from uh, from Scotland. Mm. Chase uh, back, Glenn. Move. I don't know what. It just sounds like a sort of an album name or something like that. <laughs> I'm getting strong T-shirt idea vibes from that phrase. I don't know why. Chase oh, yeah. back, Glenn. Move. Move. Take their number five, and we can see Glenn. His, his head is spinning. We can see the movement lines doing like a double take as one of the carpet players streaks past him and he goes, oh! He's obviously not used to this level of football and the the fucking commitment that's involved. It says, the young Scott playing his first game for the Rovers responded willingly enough, but not enough. Too late, Carford have made valuable ground. Jesus Christ. (sighs) Uh, not if Vernon Elliott had been playing, he would have fallen back to make an extra defender. <laughs> tactics Tommy here in the crowd. <laughs> well, Vernon Elliott's not playing, is he? Because they spent the summer playing cricket and he got his fucking... This must be what it's like chest. if you're sat next to the cast of the Guardian football podcast at a game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just have a laugh. They'd, they'd be forever saying, you sat next to Jonathan Wilson and he keeps saying shit like that. Yeah. He would have fallen back to make an extra defender. Just like the Argentine club River Plate did in 1934 to 1937 when they won the double three years in a row. I listened to the Guardian podcast this morning because I wanted to just have some football content because I was buzzing. We're recording this today after England beat Croatia in the Euros. And uh, I just wanted to listen to people chatting about it. And, I, you know, I don't listen to it a lot, but during tournaments it's good. Max Rushton's really great. And um, but they literally spent. I thought it was like a joke. It was beyond parody. They had a serious discussion that lasted for a good ten minutes about what role, how big a role did um, Bielsa play in that England victory? All oh, right, yeah. Because because in the football, no, but they they went way beyond Phillips. Oh. They thought of like a good dozen reasons why Bielsa's what? hand was all over that England performance. Wow. Because in the world of the sort of football hipster slash bore, then, you know, Bielsa is God, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So as Bielsa, are there there demonstrable kind of hallmarks of Bielsa's methods that are in the England team? It was all about how his sort of of play was um, reflected in England's performance. And that was because not only had he brought through Phillips, but also players who had come through at Tottenham and Manchester City um, were, mm. had been coached by Pochettino and Guardiola, both of whom were acolytes of Bielsa. So it was a little yeah. bit like, you know, they were really fucking stretching it, but that's the way these people think. They're like, you've got to tie Bielsa into everything. Although there was a, a little bit of a chucklesome light relief when they said that... Um, <laughs> Uh, it also must have had an effect on Mason Mount's career because Bielsa annoyed Frank Lampard so badly that it might <laughs> have encouraged him to play Mason Mount more. What? Okay. 
Yeah. That, that was uh, their joke, but at least it showed that everyone, not just us, are fully aware of what was brilliant about the Bielsa yeah. Lampard. Uh, what Did you, call you see, I know again, this was from a few days ago, but Lampard was on BBC panel yeah. of the England game. Saying, I don't take credit for the Champions League, but I do, yeah, really. But I do, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that the thing that I started, I, I didn't get to see through to fruition. Basically said, yeah, that Champions League there, that was me. That was me. It's a shame that I wasn't there. Uh, man, it's like my good friend JT. I should have been allowed to come on the pitch at the end in full Chelsea kit. <laughs> and they, they should have, by rights, if they had any respect, given me the yeah. trophy to jog around the pitch holding aloft. <laughs> it was I mean, fantastic. it's fucking shameless because it's like, you know, of course, he's got a... And, you know, fair, fair's fair. When you come out of something and it hasn't gone ideal, really... It, it is fair and good to take the mm. positives. So he can't... Frank Lampard didn't get where he is today without focusing on all the negatives yeah. and beating like himself up and thinking, I failed, I failed, I failed. Yeah. And obviously there must be positives for him to have taken out of, of his time at Chelsea. You know, it mm. wasn't all bad. Um, so on the one hand, I think fair enough, he has to do it. But I suppose you might be more measured when you're talking about it publicly because especially if you're Frank Lampard, everyone is waiting for you to say something that's deeply kind of yeah. arrogant. S- self-absorbed. And, and he didn't let us down. Yeah. He didn't let us no. down. Thanks, Frank. So back to this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elliot would have fallen back to make an extra defender. Uh, but then Roy comes to the to the rescue. Don't worry. Roy spotted the danger. He's dropped back into midfield while Jimmy Slade covers the wing. Brilliant. It's just like Ajax, isn't it? Total football. Yeah. Just players just smoothly moving around and just filling space. Yeah. Doesn't matter no what position their position football. is. Fucking gorgeous to look at. Uh, Ajax, get that ball, Roy. attitude is positions are for cunts. <laughs> get that Just like ball, we've always Roy. said, tactics are for cunts. I think the Dutch agree with us. Who said that? We did. We used to say tactics are for yeah. cunts, didn't we? Yeah. Jalapeño. Jalapeño. So, uh, yeah, ball comes across. Roy gets in there, slides in and intercepts it just as the shot comes in. Uh, Oof, he says as it bounces off his belly. Uh, Foster's tried a shot and Roy couldn't get out of the way. It's rebounded from his body. His rock-hard abdominal muscles have sent it firing like a bullet. It could go anywhere now. And of course it does. It says with the ball swerving viciously, there was nothing Tubby Morton could do, especially as he's Fuck fucking 16 stone. Fuck, it's gone in. Uh, oh, can you try and hit it more towards the middle? I want to be Milford's not great. <laughs> I'm still uh, a great shot stopper as long as the, you know, the shot's close to my body. Directly at me, if ideally, if you could. Uh, there he is. Uh, he watches as it goes past him. And the Carford fans behind the goal shout, yes! And there it is. It's in the back of the net. Uh, the Carford fans jeered triumphantly as fucking Morton's picking the ball up out of the net. They're shouting, mind your back, granddad! Yaha! Yaha! Because <laughs> <laughs> yaha is always something that you shout at opposing okay. players. That'll teach Roy Race to put old age pensioners in goal. Fucking cunt. Ageist. 
And Tubby Morton, look at his face there. He just looks fucking done in. There's just, there's no anger. There's just resignation to the fact that he's just not up to this. They've got inside his head and there's nothing he can do. It's well, the this is what I prefer that in the reserves because you, the- you still get paid, but you, you, you're not in the firing line. Your head's not above the parapet. <laughs> it suits me down to the ground. Killing time, earning the money, but this is it's the loneliest place in the world, eh? Because he can't go off. They ain't got any more goalkeepers. There's been some great saves in the Euros so far. And I was yeah. saying to a mate, like, in the eighties, and uh, maybe in the seventies, I don't know, but in the eighties, I think goalies were much held in much higher esteem than they are now. Right? I think that goalies were second almost only to strikers in terms of like their the cult status that they yeah. um, enjoyed amongst fans. So every club, every club's goal had a, had a famous goal scorer, right? And every club yeah. had a keeper, and you knew who both were, right? So West Ham had Phil Parks, and they had Tony Cotty, right? Yeah. Or Tottenham had Ray Clemens in that eighty zero. They had Ray Clements in goal. They had Clive Allen up front, right? Mm. Uh, and everywhere, Grubble are an Ian Rush. I could go on. I don't know who it was for Sunderland. I've forgotten. Mm. Um, but goalies, even in the montage sequences they'd show at the beginning of the big match or match of the day, I think that there was just as many spe- spectacular saves shown as there was spectacular finishes, right? Yeah. Because goalies, I just think goalies were sexier. And it was just a bigger deal being a goalie. I feel as if say like I've seen some great saves where like goalies in in the first few days of the Euros where goalies have like sprung from a standing start, stretched yeah. their body like a cat's and mm. tipped it over the crossbar. Brilliant, instinctive saves. Do you feel as if we see less of that these days, and that's why goalies people just don't pay attention to them? What what the saves like that have been taken for granted almost? Is that well, what you say? I feel as if you don't see them. You don't see I feel as, as if many they saves. Don't happen. I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether we get as many chances as we used to. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because maybe defending's there's, there's better. Maybe for a podcast to uh, uh, analyse the facts and the stats. I don't know. Yeah, probably. It's probably not this one, though, is it? <laughs> Getting back to... But Tony Aaron, what I'm saying is, let's hear it for goalies. <laughs> Who's your favourite Sunderland goalie? Of all time? Yeah. Thomas Sorensen. Who was oh, our keeper when he finished seventh Danish. in the Premier League. Those couple of times and he saved a penalty from Alan Shearer in the time where you derby yeah. so it's got to be I mean going back it's got to be Jimmy Montgomery but that was before I was born right like, before I was conscious almost he's a legend isn't he yeah but Sorensen was well, a big Dane yeah mm. uh, uh, yeah so moments later as a revived uh, Carford attack piled on the pressure and there's another shot there Morton's palmed it out he's a bag of nerves at this point it's a recurring thing with Melchester the goalkeepers can't seem to get their fucking head together. Morton couldn't hold the ball. It's got to be the equaliser. You've said a lot of words there in a split second as the ball comes <laughs> out. But uh, no, Tubby managed to smother it in time. Uh, and then there's a bit of a debate. One of them says, lucky old codger. Another one says, I still say he's past it. <laughs> as uh, Morton goes, Ooh, and he smothers the ball. Um, at half time players are trudging off again more chat from the crowd the Carford fans could be right old Tubby's looking a bit out of his depth maybe the <laughs> Rovers should have kept Walter Williams in goal well, I'll tell you, you know, if my nickname I was referred to as old Tubby 
<laughs> it's a real double whammy, isn't it? Old there he is, old Tubby. I'd yeah. be absolutely gutted. Um, but I mean, when Walter Williams was in goal, these fuckers gave him a hard time anyway. So, you know, you, you be careful what you wish for. And then in the mm. in the in the fucking changing room, um, Tubby is sat on the bench leaning against the wall he's got a towel to his forehead he's red faced he's obviously drenched in sweat uh, <laughs> right says to him you okay Tubby and Tubby says alright I'll tell you the truth I, I'm i whacked he's only playing in goal there's not fu- much fucking movement involved <laughs> I'm I mean? absolutely fucked I've been Plus. standing around doing a bit of jumping admittedly but I'm fucked you might have noticed as well. It's not just my fitness. I've forgotten how to fucking goalkeep. I'm absolute <laughs> shit at it. Yeah, well, a lot of our goalies have that problem. That's on account of me refusing to employ a goalkeeping coach because I think it's a waste of time. Stupid fucking position. I'm not wasting money on telling you how to fucking... You get to use your hands. It's fucking much easier than our job. An extra drain on the wage bill. That's what I say goalkeeping coaches has. Yeah. Complete waste of money. You're playing uh, to- shit, Tubby, but that's not your fault. You're a fat old cunt. Just stick at it, yeah. And just try harder. That's all I can say. <laughs> try harder. Uh, he says, Tubby's looking at the floor now. He's just fucking destroyed. He says, maybe the pace of the maybe the pace of the game is getting to me. It seems twice as fast as when I was regularly playing. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! Well, they brought this cunt, and this is the top level. You dilapidated of old fool. <laughs> Why are they playing so fast? Can't you ask them to slow it down a bit? Can we go and have a word with them for me, Roy? (laughs) Fucking Roy just looks fucking deliriously happy at all of this. He says, look, you've never stopped playing reserves, charity games. You kept yourself fit, lad. (laughs) Charity games. Oh, God almighty. He doesn't look like he has. I mean, (laughs) he is a fucking state. We've got to tell you, if you're not looking at these pictures, it's not that he's tubby in the sense that, I mean, famous tubby players of that era might be like Mickey Quinn or Jan Mulby mm. or Sammy Lee, but Tubby Morton is on a whole fucking different level to any of them. He's really, he looks unwell. He's kind of like borderline John Goodman, almost. Yeah, he is. He's enormous. He's got a huge beer gut and his face because he hasn't got the colouring for playing out in the sunshine either. He's got sort of strawberry blonde hair. Yeah. And he is, he is really flushed. Like, he's almost gone puce. I'd be worried about I'd be like eyeing the defibrillator. Fucking <laughs> hell. So, yeah, Roy, I mean, he's not going to sub him because there's no one to bring on. But Roy's trying to give him a pep talk, and he says, and you know what they used to say about Tubby Morton? He had the stamina of a horse and the heart of a lion. In my and book, the body of a fucking pig, <laughs> the body of a sow. <laughs> In my book, you haven't changed one bit. Now get the fuck back out there and finish the you job fuck, off. You fucking unit, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, right. <laughs> so they do. They come. They they trot out for the second half, and Morton still looks fucking distraught. Uh, as the teams came out again. The crowd, look at him. The halftime break hasn't done him any good at all. <laughs> <laughs> My muscles Morton are starting to seize up now. 
Uh, oh, what's he been God. doing? Eating cheese? <laughs> oh, I knew I shouldn't have had that half-time wedge of Stilton. <laughs> a wheel of cheese. Now I need a shit as well. <laughs> That's going to be on my mind all the way through second half. <laughs> I'm going to be scared to move. There's a distraction. <laughs> uh, and they said, he's on the verge of cracking up. <laughs> he's on the verge of cracking up. He's going oh, to have a full bullies. breakdown in front of all of us. Oh, what a pity. <laughs> I wish I brought my camera. <laughs> Fucking hell. He says, he's on the verge of cracking up. And when he does, the Rovers have had it. And then the Carford fans all shout, Carford, Carford. <laughs> cry, 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 cry. <laughs> fucking hell so yeah there we go and it ends there as Carford are on the attack and Morton's looking petrified about what's going to happen it says will Rovers hold on to their slender lead find out next week Um. so there we are Mark's out of 10 for that one oh, I quite enjoyed that I'll give it a 9 yeah I'll give it a 9 as well it was fun mm. so um, that's that we've got a couple of other bits Roy's message, which appears every week. Uh, here it is. It's some uh, bit of housekeeping from Roy this week. He says, uh, "Hi, pals. <laughs> pals. Whether you're a new reader to my paper or have been with us for the past six years, I mean that's just basically passive aggressive. Just saying, where the fuck have you been? Are you new?" We've been gone for ages. No, it's actually because it is paper. It's not a fucking comic, yeah. and it's not a magazine either. It's a fucking <laughs> paper, and I am the editor of it. <laughs> he says, I just want to refresh your memories when it telephoning our call of the week feature. Always remember to speak clearly, and if you have an We've unusual had a Christian problem name... with that recently. <laughs> People fucking muttering and mumbling. Come on. You're not, you're not fucking ringing Roy Race and speaking like a fucking... Like you've just hiding under your duvet. Come on, out with it. <laughs> it says, uh, if you have an unusual Christian name or surname, spell it out. I.e. For- anyone foreign. Get- these things apply to both of them, mainly to... Fo- we did have a foreign caller, and it sent shockwaves through the office because we couldn't <laughs> understand a word you were saying, and we couldn't <laughs> understand your name either. So it perhaps is best. If, I mean, I wanted to announce a no foreigners rule, but some of the people upstairs, the publishing cunts, they've said no can do. Maybe just give a bit of gentle advice. Yeah, bad publicity for us. So uh, there. Uh, if you've got an unusual name, spell it out. Some of you think there's a time limit when you ring. That's not true, pals. Although <laughs> I'd like to think there should be. 40 seconds, I think, maximum. But never mind. Uh-huh. Uh, again, me and the uh, management team don't agree on that one. Uh, I don't want to sit there listening to your fucking life story, do I? <laughs> he says, in fact, the more viewpoints you have, the more space we can give to the feature. Uh, any content that can be created by someone other than ourselves here, we're all in favour of. He says, means we're down the juicer. We're down the juicer a lot earlier on fucking press day. Yeah. He says, oh, don't, don't make me start making these up. I don't want to cross <laughs> that line. It'll be very easy, but I don't want to do that. He says, but believe me, I'd rather devote half a page to Call of the Week rather than a mere sixth of a page. <laughs> sixth of a page. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he talks about uh, what's coming next week. And then he says, finally, my match prediction for the 23rd of October, Newcastle 2, Crystal Palace 1. What? 
<laughs> Who asked for a Bye. prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of extra lines to fucking. No, I'll, I'll just fix give you a prediction. Uh, <laughs> just playing? tell us a game. Newcastle Palace, that'll do. 2 yeah. 1. Right, Two let's one. get down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I should look back and see what the. Let's see what the actual score was. Uh, so then the phone call of the week itself uh, is from Daniel Gotthard, or Gothard. And Roy says, Daniel, age 14, from Tilehurst, near Reading, said, I've been reading Roy the Rovers for five years, and there have been many changes in that time. Being priced at 18p is, I think, in some ways right, and in some ways wrong. Oh, My two favourite stories... Are, yeah. My two favourite stories are Tommy's Troubles and Mighty Mouse. I was sad to see the departure of the safest hands in soccer, which everybody says every week. But uh, Roy's miffed because uh, people seem to think it was shit and he got rid of it. Uh, Finally, I would like to commend Roy the Rovers for being around for six years and passing the 300 mark. Uh, And then Roy replies, Loyal readers like yourself, Daniel, have made our success possible. Here's to 500 and beyond. One small point. I wish you had explained why you thought the cover price was in some ways right and in some ways wrong. That was, <laughs> like, that was very fucking vague. You can't tease me yeah. like, with something like that. If explain you've got yourself. a fucking problem, right? If you've got a fucking problem, I'm a big boy, I can take it. So why don't you grow a fucking set of balls, stand up and tell me exactly what you fucking mean instead of hiding <laughs> behind fucking vagaries. <laughs> Get back on the fucking phone and explain yourself next week. He says, uh, however, congratulations on winning three pounds. <laughs> so, yet again, it's a call that's got his back up uh, that wins the three quid. So, that's obviously the tactic if you look at the uh, ring in. And yeah, win, he gets win the, the amp every week with those. It's, uh, I mean, he must discontinue it at some point. I wonder what would happen if you rang that number now. Let's give it a go. Might still be someone sat in a dusty old office at the former IPC offices. <laughs> yeah, Hello, Ray Racing's hotline. Okay, that's it from this episode. Thanks very much. Back next week. Uh, it's good to talk. Play up, Rovers. Mm-hmm.